This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. My guest today has managed more than 500 employees throughout his career across eight countries and led companies to expand across the Asia-Pacific region by successfully crafting the right company culture and leading people from the front. He is now an executive coach that helps executive leaders and organizations enhance their leadership presence, have more engaged teams, and increase their profits. Evan Javonikis, welcome to the show. How are you? Nice to see you again. How is everything? Nice to be here. I'm doing great. How, how did I do on your last name? Yeah, pretty good. Nine out of ten. <laughs> Nine <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> well, with a name like Struchowski, I don't like to butcher anyone's last name. So I try to do a, a good job with everyone's name because, let's face it, Struchowski... And your name, which I'm not going to try to say because I don't have it on the screen right now, uh, very complicated, but I do thank you for being on the show. And one of the things I'm really excited about having you on the show is I've been hearing a lot, and I'm sure everyone's been hearing a lot about the great resignation. So first of all, what does that mean, the great resignation? I want to make sure that everyone is on the same page before we start today. Well, what it means, I think it means people realize that what I'm doing it's not touching my heart. Maybe I want to do something else. They also realize, you know, that I can work from home and some, some managers don't allow. So I think their great resignation is a reassessment of, of values. You know, that's the deeper meaning, I think. It's a reassessment of work values, personal values, not just resigning from work. Yes, I mean, yes, people resign, they get better offers, or they maybe prefer to, to work less, you know, in a, in a freelance job from home, so they have more time with their family, or maybe they want to start a side hustle. That's, um, that's what we see. But I think the underline is reassessment of personal values and reassessment of work values. I know I'm going to get flagged on Spotify for saying this word, pandemic because if you say the word pandemic on spotify they're so super sensitive they'll 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 label this but it's sad to me that it took a pandemic for people to go you know what maybe i don't like doing what i like what i'm doing right now it's so sad that it it, it took something that was a global pandemic for that to happen yeah i mean you know look as i think as we continue to kind of navigate the impact of you know as you said of the pandemic you know of covid-19 I think employees across all industries in some countries, they are still juggling personal demands while at the same time trying to keep up with work. So don't you agree that during these uncertain times, leaders, managers play a significant role in, first of all, looking out for their team, trying to understand personal circumstances, and at the same time, keep up the sales, you know, keep up, keep the sales up get the job done, and create the right company atmosphere. And, you know, throughout my work with executive leaders and C-suites, over the last couple of years, they share with me some of their most pressing challenges, which are, if I can share some with you, Evan, how do I go from vision to execution? Because I don't really know what is happening over even the, the next six months. And I see lack of leadership influence to create impact within the company. And they are really looking for effective ways to develop high-performing teams, engaged teams, hybrid leadership, keep their people engaged. And 
these challenges are responsible, first of all, for managers being overwhelmed, reduced revenue, micromanaging, feeling stressed out. Therefore, you know, the health of a company is, you know, as you understand, impacted um, through high attrition, creating a culture of blaming and explaining, and so on and so forth. So as a leader, if you are listening to this, let me ask Mark, you know, some questions. You know, Mark, allow me to ask your audience some questions. How do you build and maintain trust in your team? How do you make sure you are inclusive? How do you project a vision? How do you navigate change? And how can you create the right company atmosphere, Mark? Are you going to give us some answers? Because those are great questions, but I, I'm sure that people are going to want a little, a little answers from you. Look, you know, it's, it, these are questions that they cannot be answered straight away. The answer depends on, you know, industry, country, what are we trying to achieve and so on and so forth. But I've recently wrote an ebook with, and I'm covering in my coaching, uh, in my coaching engagements about some of the mistakes that unfortunately I've seen some of the even senior managers make today. And what I realize is like, Mark, you know, we are not in control of the change, but we can be in control of the way we leverage this change in a way that is right for us, working towards answering those questions that I've just asked, as well as leading our teams to sustainable performance. So the first thing that I see, especially when we're talking about hybrid teams, you know, managing hybrid teams, the first mistake that I see a lot of managers still make it's quite funny, actually. They don't trust their employees. So that's number one. What is the number one question? And maybe you are managing people. I, I mean, look, I want to be honest. It went through my mind, you know, in March and April 2020 with the first lockdown. The first question I had is this. Are my people really working when they are working from home? You know, that thought went through managers' mind. Because why? Oh, they're going to be, you know, I'm not trying to advertise any brands here, but, you know, my, my people will not be working. They will be um, spend time watching Netflix as if it's a day off. Talking from a pr- practitioner's point of view, when I was an employee, when I became a manager, director, as well as an executive coach now, good managers trust people to get the job done regardless of where they are. And that's why lately you see a lot of debate online, which is, you know, four days a week, five days a week, work from home, work from the office. It doesn't matter unless you are, you know, like a, a policeman or in the army or a nurse or you work in a, you know, you're a plumber. But in a normal work environment, I think managers should focus on outputs, tasks, KPIs, and not clock in, clock out times. That's a good point. And I'll be honest with you. I don't want my doctor working from home and just saying, okay, Mark, what you do is take the scalpel. We don't want that. Okay. I want to go to the hospital and that's not going to change. But to your point, I, I, I'm so glad you brought up trust because I see a lot of leaders. They don't trust their people. They say they do, but I had a conversation not too long ago with someone and People think when you're doing your job is like when you're on a Zoom call, you're looking at that green dot on your laptop. That doesn't mean they're listening. That doesn't mean they're paying attention. That doesn't mean they're giving you their trust or whatever. It's what are their outputs? And I think a lot of people, 
because the the outputs and the targets or the KPIs, that's binary. Did you do it or didn't you do it? You can't get into someone's head and ask them, hey, can I trust you? You can't do that. But you can say, I gave you these things to do. Did you do them the way I wanted to do? And that's very binary. It starts from hiring good people, number one. Good people doesn't mm-hmm. mean good people good people means not that may, maybe you don't want the best people, but you want people that fits your company culture wherever there is. We're not here talking about company culture, it's a totally different subject. But if you number one hired good people and number two build good management structures to give them direction for what needs to be accomplished, then you need to trust that they will live up to those standards and then take a step back and observe. And allow me to share this analogy is we're being like a hippopotamus manager. What do I mean? You know, I'm sure now the image of a hippopotamus is in your brain. Like, what does a hippopotamus do? The stays low, half his eyes are in the water, half his eyes just stays and observes <laughs> and doesn't move unless something is done, unless someone disturbs him. But bef- but you, but he needs to, but he, you know, he makes sure that his environment around is safe. So, you need to hire good people, build good management structures, give them direction, give them support, and then lay down, lay back, stay low and observe and let them give people space to do their job, you know, because you know what, especially if you're managing remote people, you know, hybrid people, you know, you cannot do management by walking around. You cannot see what they do all day. And if remote workers feel like that you don't trust them, this, you don't want me to tell you that this can put a strain on the working relationship. It is important, I think, that managers and leaders are trained in how to manage hybrid teams, particularly when it comes to managing performance, which, as we said, should be based on clear objectives and outputs and not what time I clock in, I clock out. Yes, don't get me wrong. Your people should attend your Zoom meetings. If, let's say, they are frontline employees, they should attend their working schedule, live chat, customer support. But, you know, if you have like people like SEO or graphic designers or project managers, what do you care if they are doing their job at 10 o'clock in the morning or at 3 a.m. as soon as they get it done? Do you feel overwhelmed and frustrated? Are you under a lot of stress? There's a better way. You only get one life. So why not feel peace and freedom and enjoy your life? You can't. Find out more at 90 days to bustingoverwhelm.com. Not only that, but we are in more now than ever before. We are in a global society. You're, you're in Cyprus right now. I'm in Houston, Texas. We are in a global society. So if you have a team, you may have somebody in Malaysia, someone in Japan, someone in France, someone in Canada, someone in America, and someone over in South Africa. And so you have all these time zones. And you got to understand that not everyone's going to work nine to five in your time zone. So there's the whole international aspect as well. Which is more challenging. I understand for leaders is more challenging, but this is where the need for reskilling for of leadership and management skills is quite important because even before the pandemic, what's the number one reason? I think according to a research by uh, Gallup, 65% of managers fail. Why? And when they become first managers within, I think, nine months, they are never trained how to manage. They are never trained how to lead. And I understand management and leadership is important. It's a different skill because you could be the best salesperson ever, but when it comes to management, you cannot manage because it's a totally different mindset, skill set, 
people skills and so on and so forth. As you said, you know, you might, maybe your people, they will have the green dot on on the Zoom, but they are not engaged. And, you know, you really, as a manager now, you need to get, I think, the, you need to get the buy-in from your people. Explain the why. Why are we going that direction? What do we want to achieve? And what is in for you? I think clear objectives as well may have a play a good point. Well, right. So if you have vague goals, vague, you know, targets, vague KPIs, well, then the employee is going to be confused. You need to be really clear. This is what we are going to do this week, this quarter, whatever the case may be. Correct. You know, and I know it's challenging. I know it's challenging because sometimes we live in a very VUCA, very uncertain work environment. And I know in some industries and some companies, you can't really predict what is going to happen in a year's time. So I know it's challenging. As I know it's easy for me to sit here and blah, 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 but I'm not a theorist. I'm a practitioner. You know, I talk from experience. You, as a manager, you can talk right now as far as you can, even if it's three months only. So you have to be honest with your people and you, you have to speak the truth and you have to tell them what is going on. And, and this is how it is. I, I wonder how many leaders are listening to this conversation and feeling convicted and maybe they're feeling a sense of overwhelm. You know, what you said, Evan, is you got them thinking. So if a leader is listening to this and they're really feeling convicted, what would the, be the first thing you would tell them to do? in order to write the ship, so to speak. Yeah, just to clarify something, just when we talk about leadership, leadership is a very fuzzy word. And what do I mean? It means different things to different people. For example, you know, I have clients telling me, Evan, I want to be a better leader. I want to be a good leader. I mean, listen, I said, what does it mean for you? When I do my active inquiry with my clients on the first call, with my potential clients, before I decide that there is a fit and yes, let's work together is, we realize that leadership can mean to improve communication, to improve leadership presence, to learn how to engage people, to execute effectively, to communicate with influence, to do per- better performance reviews, to improve hiring and, uh, you know, interviewing skills. So leadership is a fuzzy word and it means different things to different people. So back to your question, what, if, if you're listening, what you should do is if you want, you know, top, per- this is my, que- this is my answer to you is top performers, your top, you know, in any industry, what I've seen is that top performers, top employees, they rarely stay with the boss who micromanages them. So I, I, you know, if you are a, you know, if you're a business owner, if you're a C-suite, if you're listening to this, trust your people. And if you don't trust them, why you hire them? So micromanaging was one of the most common reactions by managers, by my clients, when businesses went remote because you can't really do management by walking around virtually. And, you know, some people, I see some people, uh, I'm going to put cameras in the office or while my people are working from home, I will send them that link to install the app that is going to monitor their browsing history. Do you want to manage? Do you want to empower? Do you want to lead? Or you do, do you want to micromanage to babysit? And especially remotely, Mark, micromanaging can really create a toxic environment that makes people feel as if your manager 
don't believe work has been done unless they are closely supervised. And that creates stress for the manager. So do you want to be the manager that micromanages people or do you want to be the manager that, you know, hires right, has management structures in place, monitors, corrects when needed, steps in, trains, you know, and yes, sometimes also makes hard decisions such as firing. You've given us so much to think about in just a few minutes we've been talking today that you know, I don't have a team at this point, but what you have given me to think about is when I eventually do hire a team, it's, okay, this is how I'm going to approach it because you made mm. something really important. I don't want anyone to miss it. And it all starts in the beginning. So you're going to have a lot less problems if you hire the right people than if you don't hire the right people, then you try to change them. So I want people to understand what you said. It all starts from the original hire, because if you get that right, you're probably going to have less problems down the road, right? You know, we are not returning to the world of work when you before the pandemic, the power now shifted. So when I, I remember when I was in England, when I was in the UK, I got my first managerial role when I was 20, seven years old. And the way I managed people back then, 10 years ago, it was like very much rah, rah, rah. Do you do what I'm telling you to do? But back then, people seemed to like it. It worked. The economy was different. The, the business environment was different. Now everything changed. Why? Because the workplace, the nature of work, worker sentiment, and expectations for leaders in organizations have all fundamentally changed. Oh, sorry. I mean, to be more accurate, they're still in the process of changing. So if we fail to buy in, to get the buy-in from our people, not to hire right, if we don't share vision, if we don't engage our people, you know what? People nowadays have many choices. And some of those people, they prefer to earn less and work from home than work in a toxic working environment or work in a company that they don't see future. That is real powerful stuff right there. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. So before we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to share with us that is on your heart? That is in my heart, yeah. <laughs> is is you know, there are few things, you know, it's few things that managers can do. You know, I'm just gonna go through some steps quickly, which I have prepared before I talk and from my ebook. Is first of all, try to so if you're listening to the okay, what is happening? So let me just go through a few points. So try to reinforce num point number one. What you can do instead is try to reinforce the organization's vision. So remind your people of the compelling vision of your company. Even if you're running a coffee shop right now with two employees, what is your vision? What is your why? You don't necessarily to be, to be, to, to be, to be the VP of Amazon to share the vision. If you're running a small business of five people, six people, three people, tell them what is the vision of the company. And maybe the vision will, will be to survive over the next couple of years. Fine. People prefer to hear a smaller vision rather than have no vision at all. Another thing that you can do in number two, please communicate with transparency to bring people along. So your messages to your people should be uplifting, but please also acknowledge the challenges that workers are facing. The other thing that you can do is if you have kind of have virtual teams, create a virtual remote team in contract to maintain the work standards and boundaries. Because if you don't, you know, set the expectations right, 
um, right, um, this can create confusion among the people. Another thing that you can do is to maintain trust and integrity. And another thing that you can do is to drive personal development in a hybrid environment. Because I think most employees find virtual communication less productive than in-person interactions. That is true. That will never change. But it is suggested to provide learning opportunities so that your employees can remain effective in a hybrid environment and they can continue to develop even while they are adjusting to those changes. So those are the few things that you can do. And what I have done personally with my team, I do more one-on-one Zoom meetings rather than team meetings of five, ten people that it's only, let's say, if I have a Zoom meeting of five, but I only will be two related to them. You know, I, I cut down the bigger meetings and I do more one-on-ones. If, let's say, I have five employees or even three employees of two unemployees, right now I have around 11, I do bi-weekly one-on-one, which each, each of them for 15 minutes. And I don't talk about work. You know, how are you? How can I support you? What are your personal and professional goals for the next six months? How is life? How is family? How is the wife? How is the dog? And so on and so forth. Right. I tell you right now, I have an employee, for example, that due to have, ho- due to, due to um, some holidays, he is working night shift 12 hours. So what I'm going to do when, when everything goes back to normal because of some holidays in Malaysia and Indonesia next week, they have Ramadan and all that. I will give him an extra day off because of the hours that he put in. I say, listen, listen, Nick, Nicholas, his name, you worked really hard. I want you to take the next Thursday and Friday off so you can have four days off. That, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. So where can people go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? First of all, they can Google my name, Evan Givanakis, E-V-A-N-T-Z-I-V-A-N-A-K-I-S. Number two, they can, they can find me on LinkedIn. Same name. I quite, I'm quite active there, Evan Givanakis. And they can drop me an email, Evan at Executive coachasia.com evan at executive coachasia.com excellent well i want to thank you for sharing your insights on the show today i learned a lot i know the listener did as well so thank you so much for being here and before we go i just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the mark stuchowski podcast i know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age but you took the time to listen to the episode and i want to thank you from the bottom of my heart don't forget to head on over to top five productivity tips.com and get my gift to you my top five productivity tips remember it's the number five in top five productivity tips.com they will serve you well thank you so much for listening to this episode we'll see you again real soon